Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning into this podcast. I want to invite you to stay updated with me on social media and see what we are doing in the ministry. You can follow me on Facebook at John Wallace. You can follow me on Instagram at Jonathan R. Wallace. And you can follow our YouTube page at New Beginnings Huntington. I pray this message builds your faith and gives you revelation. Let's get ready for the Word of God. What is up, you guys? Thank you so much for hopping on this broadcast. I hope that video made you laugh a little bit. It makes me laugh. People are like, this is the strangest thing I've ever seen. Well, I think it's funny. So hopefully it brightened your day. So much negativity out there. Just something to, to make you chuckle, make you giggle. Something funny. Thank you for hopping on this broadcast. If this is your first time tuning in, my name is John Wallace. I'm the pastor of this lovely church, New Beginnings Church, that you see behind me with these wonderful chairs in this, in this wonderful room. I'm the pastor of this church here in Huntington, Texas. I know, it's crazy. And so I want to thank you so much for hopping on this broadcast. I want to say welcome. I pray for you. I pray that God speaks to you. I pray that this helps you. Uh, this broadcast is going to be super practical. It's not going to be uh, up to your neck and deep theology. It's going to be very, very practical. And this is going to be a piggyback off the last two uh, broadcasts that I've done that are really focused on leadership training, on leaders, people that are leading in ministries, people that are servers, volunteers in their church, that maybe you're leading some type of uh, different lane, an extension of what your church does. You're on the media team. Maybe you're just your cleanup crew. Maybe you're a youth leader, a children's leader. You're on a worship team. Maybe you're a pastor of a church like mine here. And, and this is something that I can bounce off of you. I believe we can all learn from each other. We can learn things. And so uh, I just hope that this encourages you and that this helps you. I believe it will. I'm excited to get into this. Before I jump into the content, if y'all will help me do a couple things. Number one, like this post, uh, heart this post, comment on this post, interact with this broadcast, and it'll help me share this broadcast to more people. And then number two, you can actually hit the share button. If you're watching on YouTube, this is also streaming on Facebook. So you can follow us on Facebook, our church page, New Beginnings Church. If you're watching this on my personal Facebook, uh, you can follow me as well. If you're not on my personal Facebook, you can follow me at John Wallace. So if you're on a platform, I say all that to say, if you're on a platform where you can share this broadcast, share this broadcast. It helps me out. Uh, help me share the word of God. That's why I do this. I do this so that people can believe, people can hear the message of faith, and that there's so many people that God wants to help today. He wants to change your whole situation, but he can't unless they have faith, and they can't have faith unless they're told, and they can't be told unless someone tells them. And so that's why I'm doing it. I'm trying to tell people about Jesus and build faith in the hearts of people to believe the promises of God. So anyways, y'all, I'm excited. The last two broadcasts, I've been doing these leadership training, kind of going over different things that are really, uh, anybody can take away from these things. These are things every Christian should know, every Christian should do, but what spurred all of this on was uh, me really wanting to impart and pour into my leaders, how to develop better leadership qualities. So the first broadcast of this series was uh, who preaches to the preacher I, I gave you four spiritual disciplines 
things that you need to do in your life so that you can grow spiritually even when you're not able to sit in a service uh, every single week you know basically the question is if somebody's serving in a capacity that's maybe you're a door greeter and service is happening you're not able to be in there and worship you're not able to be in all of the message and engage like everybody else if you're on the media team and so it's easy to feel like well, I'm just not getting fed. I'm just burning out. How do I continue to grow and mature spiritually and flourish spiritually whenever I'm serving? Well, it's very simple. Spiritual disciplines that you build in your life. And so the first broadcast, I gave you four things that you need to adapt today. The second broadcast, I gave you three things that you need to get rid of today. Three things that will stop you from moving forward, that will stop you from growing, that will stop you and hinder you from flourishing spiritually. Amen. So today, I'm going to piggyback off of those two things, and I'm going to go and give you five qualities of a leader. Five qualities of a leader, or five things that you need to know in order to move forward in your purpose that God has for your life. You know, and I'm really going to speak from experience because I am a, a pastor. I am a person that can hire people. I am a pastor that oversees, I'm a person that oversees people. And so uh, there's no question. I'll let the cat out of the bag. I, I'll speak this from my own personal experience and preference that if I was looking to promote somebody or looking to hire somebody or looking to give somebody an opportunity, these are, the, these are specific things that I would really want to see in that person. So this will help you. I really believe that if you'll take these things and apply them, it will not only help you be promoted, you know, if you're called to ministry in the, in the ministry that you're serving in, but this will help you at work. This will help you in any area that you're called to. These are just general, very practical principles that will help you. So let's get into this. These are five characteristics of a leader, five qualities of a leader, five traits, you could even say, of leadership that you need to adapt today. Amen. Y'all, I'm excited. Number one, let's get right into it. Number one thing, the number one thing you need to learn is this. You have to be willing to serve before you can lead. You have to be willing to serve before you can lead. So there's two sides to this coin. You know, there's, there's leaders that will tell people stuff like this, and they'll make them sweep the floor for five years and never have any intentions on really discipling them and releasing them and launching them and helping them fulfill their potential and the purpose that God has for their life. That's not why I'm telling you this, because the other side of the coin is there's so many people there's so many people that just jump into a leadership people where a leadership position where they're leading people, shepherding people. People are looking to this person as a leader just because they're cool, they're hip, they're good looking, they're good with a microphone. Yet, but they don't have any. Uh, they have no character. They have they're not a man or woman of the word. They're not a man or woman of integrity. They have no character whatsoever. Poor, horrible character and conduct, sin in their life, but they're promoted into leadership. And they don't know the first thing about leadership. They don't know the first thing about pastoring or shepherding. And y'all, I'm not trying to act like some seasoned veteran. I'm, I'm just going to tell you what I think. Take it for what it is. So, number one, 
You have to be willing to serve before you can lead. And I'll tell you why. Because leadership is serving. The Bible actually tells us that leadership is serving. I'll show you a couple scriptures. Matthew 23, 11 through 12. Jesus said, the greatest among you must be a servant. But those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. So Jesus gave you a key. If you want to be great in the kingdom, the way that you get to be great in the kingdom is by being the greatest servant. It's not by trying to get seen. It's not by trying to get heard. It's not by trying to be somebody. It's by being faithful to the Lord, being a servant of the Lord, and serving the people that God has placed you under. The greatest among you must be a servant. The Bible tells you right here, if you exalt yourself, you will be humble. If you try, Jesus told a parable, whenever you're invited to a feast, he says, take the seat at the end of the table. It's better to, be, to sit yourself at the end of the table and then to be brought up in the presence of all the people at the banquet than to sit yourself at the head of the table and have to be embarrassed and sat at the foot. It is so better. So much better to take a humble position and just be a servant of the Lord. Amen. And Jesus actually said leadership is serving. And I'm going to kind of show you how. Before I do, here's another scripture. Matthew 20, 28. Jesus said, For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus said, I didn't come on the earth to be served. I didn't come on the earth, you know, to be pampered on hand and foot and uh, for you guys to build me a big old throne out of gold and to feed me grapes. He said, I didn't come to be served. I came to serve, to give my life as a ransom for many, to give my life as a ransom for many. People think leadership is just grabbing a microphone and getting on a stage and preaching and jumping and shouting and getting excited and then you just leave and you're done. Man, that's not leadership, but unfortunately that's what a lot of people do. Pastoring, shepherding, being a shepherd is not walking out into the field and screaming at your sheep, trying to get your sheep to hoop and holler and then you leave and you say, all right, see y'all later, see you next week. Have a good one. That's not what a shepherd does. A shepherd's out in the field with the sheep. A shepherd feeds a sheep. A shepherd tends to his flock. A shepherd leads, guides them, counsels them, directs them, protects them. Right? A shepherd had a, a, a rod and a staff. A staff to rescue them when they started to wander away and a rod to beat off the wolves. A shepherd tends to his flock. Guys, and I'm telling you what a leader means. A lot of people have this wrong idea. Like it's just uh, this life of all I got to do is get up and preach or give a motivational speak and be a hype guy for about an hour and then I get to go on about my business. Leadership, when you're leading people and shepherding people, is a lot of 11 o'clock nights, 12 o'clock nights, 1 o'clock a.m. You know, you're still working on things. You're still investing in things, trying to help other people. A leader who doesn't serve, I want you guys to write this down for your quote of the day, all right? A leader who doesn't serve makes orphans, not disciples. A leader who doesn't serve who has no idea about it, he's just there to serve himself. 
He's just there to exalt himself, to make himself great, to try to, the wrong motives in the ministry trying to get rich. And I'm not, I'm all for prosperity, but I'm telling you the wrong motives, the wrong heart has no heart to help, to shepherd, to care for people, to invest in people. He makes orphans. He doesn't make disciples. That person makes orphans, not disciples. I'm going to tell you why Jesus said a leader is giving your life for many and why you must learn to serve before you can ever lead because it takes being a servant to be a leader. Jesus, I'm sorry, not Jesus. I wrote this down and it's so true. Leading is giving your love, your time, your money, your heart to people. And sometimes you turn around and they start screaming, crucify, crucify, just like Jesus. That's what being a leader is. Leadership, and I don't want you to mishear me, okay? Leadership, I'm not saying that pastoring and being a leader in the ministry is hard. It's a horrible life. It's just so hard. And man, you know, it's a, it's a tough road. Man, it's such a blessing. It's such a blessing to be able to do what I do. I know many others that feel the same way that are in ministry. They, they'll tell you it's such a blessing. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. I would never discourage somebody that tells me, man, I feel called to the ministry. Well, you know, I had people do that to me that were in the ministry. You better think twice. Me and my husband, we've been in this ministry. We've been pastors of a church for 25 years, and it's, it's the hardest. It's, you're going to struggle. You're going to financially struggle. You're going to be beat up chewed up, spit out. Well, some of that, not the financial struggle, but some of that's true. You know, the same people that Jesus loved, that Jesus healed, that Jesus blessed, that Jesus gave his heart for, that Jesus gave his tears for, that Jesus spent his time investing in, they were the same people that when he stood trial were screaming, crucify. That's what it means to be a leader sometimes. It means to love people, to pour your, yourself out to people, and then sometimes you turn around and, you know, they try to stab you in the back. But you love them. You love them. Amen. Leadership is serving. I want you to see this as well. There is a season for learning. So my point was you have to be willing to serve before you can lead. Why is that? Why, do you, why does there need to be a process to this? Because there is a season for learning. There's a season for learning. I think it was Rodney Howard Brown that said, some people are called and sent, and some people bought a microphone and went. I'll say that again. Some people are called by the Lord, and some people are sent, and some people just bought a microphone and went. And that's kind of the sad thing, guys. I'm telling you, the reason I feel like this is so important because we live in a culture that just sees celebrities, that just sees movie star pastors and preachers. And we don't need any more preachers cheating on their wives. We don't need any more people that stand in a pulpit and they're not making disciples, they're making orphans. We don't need any more people that are blind leading the blind. You'll both fall into a hole. Amen. The reason that you must learn to serve before you can lead is because there's a season of learning. I want you guys to understand this. There is a vetting process to release people into the ministry. You know, the Bible says, do not be quick to lay your hands on somebody. Don't be quick in the laying on of hands. 
A lot of people don't understand that. Well, does that mean you're just not supposed to be quick to receive prayer? And uh, really what I want you to understand this is in, in, the, in the church, the church model, the biblical model for this is that people would make disciples, right? They would get somebody saved. They would pour into them. They would impart to them. But what the Bible teaches, when they laid their hands on them, it was an impartation. It was a release, it was the person that was their spiritual leader releasing, saying, now I'm, uh, uh, the spirit that is upon me is upon you. You are released to go into the world now and to make disciples as you have been discipled. The Bible says don't be fast to appoint. Don't be fast to release. Don't be fast to lay your hands and just uh, put somebody in a pastoral and a leadership position. Why? Because they need to be vetted. They need to be tested. They need to be vetted. They need to be tested. How does that person, okay, this person gets on fire for the Lord and it's genuine and it's true and they're so on fire and they're really on fire for like six months. They're just growing and growing and growing and growing. But how does that person act when a test comes? Okay, that person's been great and mighty and wonderful and and awesome and amazing. But what happens when the devil comes and tests them? How do they respond to pressure? How do they respond to temptation? How did they respond when, whenever people began to give them praise? You know, the Bible teaches honoring a man or woman of God. I taught about that in my last broadcast. When you're a biblical leader, you should be honored by people. There will be people that, that bless you financially. There will be people that treat you with high respect. And if you are not mature in your faith, the Bible actually says that when you're honored in that way, it'll cause you to stumble. It'll cause you to become proud. It will cause you to be get, become prideful and you'll fall. That's why the Bible says don't be quick to appoint somebody to leadership. Make sure they're tested. Make sure they're vetted. Make sure that you've seen them walk through tests. You've seen them exercise their faith. You've seen them uh, operate in signs, wonders, and miracles. There is evidence on their life that God has appointed them and approved them and that they have gone through the proper time to be released. Amen. There's a season for learning. You have to be willing to serve before you can leave. Everybody just wants to grab the microphone and jump out there and start their own thing and do their own thing. There's a season. There's a process. You may be called, you may be anointed, and that's absolutely wonderful and true, but just understand this, there is a season of learning. There is a season. There was a vetting process as well, not only for like uh, people that preached and taught, which elders in the, in, the, in the Bible did, but there was a vetting process appointed, uh, a vetting process to appoint elders as well in the Bible. People that govern the church, which were pastors, elders of the church. You know, one of the stipulations in the Bible when appointing an elder is that it cannot be a new believer for the reasons that I just gave you. When they start receiving biblical honor, they're not mature enough in their faith. They'll start taking glory for themselves. They'll start operating in the ministry for the wrong reasons and the wrong motives. So the Bible says, you know, this person has to be tested. You have to look at their life. How do they handle money? How do they handle, how, did their kids serve the Lord? Have they been divorced? Have they been remarried two or three times? There's a vetting process that has to take place because you're trusting somebody with God's household. And that's what the scriptures ultimately go on to say. If you can't be faithful with your house, 
What makes you think that God's going to trust you with his house? I mean, man, you don't want to put other, if you can't even be faithful and diligent in your life, why would we put the lives of other people in your hands? Amen. You have to be willing to serve. That's why it's so important. Don't skip the process. Be willing to serve. Be willing to serve. Be willing to commit to the process and be a servant, a servant of the Lord. And then allow people to call you up and send you out. Be a person that's called and sent. Don't be a person that bought a microphone and went. Amen. I want you to get this as well. Hear this. I believe it was Ted Shuttlesworth Jr. that said, You'll never have what you don't sit under. You'll never have a ministry that you have not sat under. So everybody that just wants a ministry and just wants the meetings and just wants the opportunity and just wants the church given to them and just wants all this stuff, you'll never have what you haven't first set yourself under. You have, there's a process. You have to sit underneath spiritual leaders in your life. Ministry. Sit yourself under a ministry. You'll never have a healing ministry if you haven't sat under somebody with a healing ministry. This is biblical. Joshua had to sit under Moses. Joshua had to sit under Moses before he could lead the people. Elijah had to sit under Elijah before he could have the double portion and do twice as many miracles. Peter had to sit under Jesus before he could become the rock in which Jesus built his church and the gates of hell would not prevail against it. Timothy had to sit under Paul. And then Paul even reminded Timothy, he wrote a letter to him say, Timothy, remember when I sent you, when I released you, when I laid my hands on you, fan into flame the gift you received by prophecy and by the laying on of hands. You can never have what you don't sit under. Amen. Let's go to number two. Take ownership of the vision. Take ownership of the vision. So number one. A quality that you need to have to be promoted by God and to be promoted by man is that you need to be able to serve before you can lead. Number two, you need to be a person who can take ownership of the vision, even if it's not your vision. Everybody just wants to do their own thing. Everybody just wants to be the solo wolf, the guy, the lone ranger. Learn to submit yourself, learn to come underneath somebody else, and learn to serve somebody's vision instead of just trying to serve your own self and your own vision. Take ownership of the vision. Me as a pastor, if I was looking to appoint somebody, to hire somebody, to promote somebody, I would look at this person and say, has this person given me problems, which I'm going to get to? Or has this person really came, even in disagreements, but taken ownership of this vision and serve the Lord and serve this ministry? Take ownership of the vision. What I mean by that is, well, there's uh, several aspects. Number one, when you're, le- when you're serving or when you're a paid staff member, never allow yourself to get into the place where you start having an attitude like, I'm doing this because it's my job. I'm doing this because I'm paid. I'm paid to do X, Y, Z, and I'm not going to do anything more. I'm not going to do anything less. I'm going to do exactly these things. That is not taking ownership of a vision. That's going to make yourself somebody nobody wants to be around. Nobody wants to hire. Nobody wants to work with. Nobody wants to trust you with anything. Take ownership of the vision. 
I'm going to kind of get to this in a moment. But you need to take ownership of the house of God. This church is my house. This ministry, I am a part of the body. This ministry is not just ran by one person. It's ran by the body. The mouth can't do everything. The head can't do everything. It needs the hands and the feet and the arms and the elbows and the stomach and the esophagus. I mean, the body needs its members in order to complete the task. So take ownership. Know where God's called you. Go to the ministry that you've been called to. Sit yourself under it. Learn, grow, receive, and take ownership of that vision. This isn't just that pastor's church. This is my church. That's not just John's ministry. This is my ministry. Take ownership of the vision. You know how you can know if somebody's taken ownership of the vision? Don't wait until you're asked to do things. Let me ask you this question. Does anybody have to ask you, unless you're 14 years old, does anybody have to ask you to take the trash out at your house? Does anybody have to ask you to do your dishes? I know all the men are like, yeah, well, yeah, my wife, you know, pretty much does. But just get what I'm saying here. Nobody has to ask you to take care of things at your house because it's your house. This is your house. This is your ministry. Take ownership. When you see something that needs to be done, take ownership and say, hey, the trash needs to go out. This is my house. This is my home. This is my church home. This is my community. This is my family. This is my ministry as well. I'm a part of this. Take the trash out. Don't wait to be asked to do something. Take ownership. It's not just a job. Or sometimes people, you know, they'll commit to something. And even if they're not, you know, paid, they'll get a a, a title, so to speak. And so it just becomes an obligation. Okay, I know I've committed to do this thing for you. Yes, you asked if I would take care of these things. I'm going to do, and that's it. Nothing more, nothing less. I'm so blessed at New Beginnings because I have so many wonderful, wonderful, wonderful people. And if any of my leaders are watching this, I want to thank you. I love you. You make this a pleasure. You make this a joy. And I love you so much. But I I do feel the Spirit when I was writing this. I felt the Spirit lead me to talk about this. Because there's many people that they will just do the bare minimum. Look, never make the ministry just a job and never make it an obligation. Never make the ministry a job. If you're a staff member, right, and you guys have special meetings, you have prayer meetings here at our church, we have revival meetings all the time, you're not, don't ever start taking the approach, well, I have to show up Tuesday to the revival meeting at 6 o'clock because I work there and all staff's required. You're already in the wrong heart. You're already in the wrong heart. Take ownership. This is my church. This is, the, the success of this church is my success, Our success in this community is my success in this community. Take Okay, so I want you to write this down for number two. Take ownership of the vision. Number two, take ownership of the house of God. Take ownership of the house of God. Let me show you the scripture. Haggai 1, 3 through 6. Look at this. Heaven's army say, look what's happening to you. You have planted... Oh man, I don't have... Let me look it up on my phone. Haggai 1. I wrote down the only half the reference, y'all. I'm sorry about this. Haggai 1. If you have your Bibles, turn with it. Turn with me there. 
Haggai 1. Look at verse 3. Then the Lord sent this message through the prophet Haggai. Why are you living in luxurious houses while my house lies in ruins? This is what the Lord of, heaven, uh, the Lord of heaven's army says. Look at what's happening to you. Look, you've planted much, but you've harvested little. You eat, but you're not satisfied. You drink, but you're still thirsty. You put on clothes, but you cannot keep warm. Your wages disappear as though you were putting them in pockets filled with holes. So God was saying there was a curse. He said, yeah, you're out working, you're making money, but it seems like you're just putting your money in pants that have holes in the pockets. It's, you're just losing it. Why? He gave them the answer. He said, is it right that you live in this luxury, wonderful home while my house sits in ruins? Guys, there has to be people that take ownership of the church and say, that's my house. It, bo it should bother you for everything to be perfect. And man, we've, we've put a hundred grand in our house. It just looks awesome. It looks wonderful. But there's walls that need to be painted at your church. There's a, there's a parking lot that needs to be fixed up. There's a toilet that needs to be replaced. Well, everybody just has the mindset. Well, somebody will get to that, right? That's that's the pastor's job to get to that. Man, take ownership. Look what the Lord rebuked them and said, you're living in a luxurious home while my house sits in ruins. Is there going to be anybody that has the heart like David did, a heart after God and saying, it's not right for the house of God to be in that state. I have a high regard and hold the house of God in a high place of honor. Take ownership. Let's look at the third trait. Be excellent. Can you say, be excellent? Luke 16.10. Jesus said, if you're faithful in little things, you'll be faithful in large ones. But if you're dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. I want you to write this down. Promotion comes from being faithful in little things, not from time served. Promotion comes from being faithful with the things that you're given, not from time served. So in the kingdom, the way that it works, to be promoted by God, you have to become excellent in what he's given you right now. So many people just think it's just going to be greener. The grass is greener on the other side. Right? Man, if we just had more people, if we just had more money, if we just had better technology, if we just had better equipment, we could do this and this and that. No. And what ends up happening is they just treat what they do have in light regard and they're not faithful and they don't utilize and maximize what the Lord's placed in their hand. The way that you get more is by maximizing and utilizing what you have. The way that you get more from God is by utilizing and maximizing what you have. I heard Ted Shuttlesworth Jr. mention this today in a teaching. He was talking about when Jesus fed the 5,000. You know, it says not only did he, fill, uh, did he feed them till they were full, but they picked over 12 baskets of leftovers. And it's really funny because the scripture says, so that there would not be any waste. Jesus didn't want to waste anything. And there's just a very simple principle to pull out of that. God hates waste. God doesn't waste anything. God doesn't waste anything. Nothing in your life is a waste. 
Not, don't ever just look at what you have and think it's insignificant. And so you don't hold it in the proper place. You don't utilize it. You don't maximize it. Take what you have and learn to use it to the best of your ability. Maximize what God has given you. And he says, those who are faithful in little things, even more will be given. But people have the mindset, well, I've been here a year, right? Well, I should get a promotion now. I should get I've, I've been here, I've served some time, you know, I really think it's time to take the next step. Time served means nothing if you're not faithful with what God's given you. If you think about the parable of the three servants, they all three had the, the talents for the same amount of time. They all had the silver for the same amount of time. And this is the thing, guys, whenever you're given something, your job is not to make sure that it just you know, that it doesn't go downhill. Your job is to multiply it. If you think about that story, the three servants, the parable, all three of them kept the original amount, but only two of them multiplied what the Lord gave them. One of them didn't multiply it. One of them just took what the Lord gave them, what the master gave them and said, you know what? I'm not going to I'm not going to cause this thing to go downhill. I'm not going to go in the opposite direction. I'm just going to keep it right where it's at. And then what did Jesus do? Oh, well, thank you for holding on to my bag. You know, thank you for holding on to my silver for me. I appreciate it. No, he rebuked him. Why didn't you multiply this? Why didn't you increase this? Why didn't you take what was given to you, take ownership of it, do it in excellence, and make it... Exert every bit of time, energy, focus, heart that you have to say, I am going to multiply what has been entrusted and given to me. I'm going to, if I take something and then God ends up calling me into a different place to do something else, I'm going to leave this thing way better than how I got it. Amen. Be excellent. And these are principles that can work. No matter if you work at Sonic, if you work in construction, or you're in the ministry. Be excellent, y'all. Be excellent. Multiply. Multiply. Can you say multiply? Here's a really simple one for you. Okay, I'm not going to go in too deep on this one, but it's true. Be a problem solver, not a problem causer. Be a problem solver, not a problem causer. If you're looking to be promoted, if you're looking to step into more, be a person that solves problems, not a person that causes problems. It's very simple. The leaders and pastors have hundreds of issues that they handle all the time. Try not to be one of them, okay? And I want you to hear me. I am not talking about if you're struggling and you need to come to your pastor for encouragement, for exhortation. Man, I need prayer. I need uplift. You know, I need somebody to lift me up. I need somebody to impart into me, to pour into me. That's what we're here to do. I'm talking about being a problem causer. Don't be, don't ever go around creating division, disunity, you know, starting gossiping. Don't ever be the problem causer in your church because i'm going to tell you not only are you not going to get promoted you're going to be excommunicated according to the scriptures i was literally reading today i'm not saying this from a harsh spirit i was reading in the dake study bible the 16 reasons that people were excommunicated from the new testament church y'all they didn't play games you didn't get to go in a church and just have your way and talk it up and gossip and create divisions you were you were dealt with severely 
The Bible tells us that even a little bit of yeast will spread and spoil the whole batch. So you must cleanse yourself. You must purge yourself of the evil person. 1 Corinthians 5 talks about. Be a problem solver, not a problem causer. Look at this. Let's see. This is the one, two, three, four. The fifth and final. The fifth and final quality that you need to have as a leader. Be loyal all the time. Even if you get your feelings hurt, even if you don't agree with your leader, even if you're, I don't really see it that way, can I just tell you something that God honors? Be loyal. Be loyal in your heart. Be loyal when you're with your spouse, behind closed doors, not just in front of people you're trying to impress and that you want something from. Be loyal. Be somebody honorable to God that God looks at you and says, you know what, this person walks in integrity. This person is loyal. This person honors. Be loyal all the time. Hear this. Do not talk about a man or woman of God. Be very careful. Do not talk about a man or woman of God. Be very careful. I'm so thankful. I'm so grateful. I've learned so much over the last few years. And a lot of that came from submitting myself to a ministry, to a ministry spiritual authority in my life. And it's taught me so much. But man, I'm telling you, even before that took place, I would be around people several years ago that, man, they would just be trashing Joel Olstein. He's just that cotton candy preacher and all this stuff. Look, and I, even then when I didn't understand some of these principles, I just always felt like that's not right. You know, I just feel like, I don't know if God likes that. I don't know if we should be doing that. You shouldn't. Do not talk about a man or woman of God. I'm going to show you why. Biblical examples. Ever. If you disagree, disagree. And I'm going to give you biblical grounds to stand on. That's fine. If you want to disagree, but be a person of honor. Be a person of honor. Be loyal. Especially, especially to where you're called. Especially to where you work. Especially to where you serve. Be loyal to your leaders. Amen. And I'm not talking like, well, my pastor went and had an affair on his wife and, you know, we're loyal. Where he, the church is trying to get rid of him. Where he goes, we go. I ain't talking about that, y'all. That, that's stupid. Don't follow somebody to hell. Okay? But be loyal. Be a person of integrity. Amen. Don't talk about a man or woman of God. Be very careful. Look at this. 2 Kings 2, 23 through 24. Any of my Bible scholars watching, you already know what story I'm going to reference. 2 Kings 2, 23 through 24. Elisha left Jericho and went up to Bethel. As he was walking along the road, a group of boys from the town began mocking and making fun of him. Go away, baldy, they chanted. Go away, baldy. Elijah turned around and looked at them. And he cursed them in the name of the Lord. Then two bears came out of the woods and mauled 42 of them. So, you start talking about a man or woman of God, you know, you better get your bear repellent ready because there's some bears about to come and maul you and eat you, okay? It's bad. It's bad. Spiritual principle to take away from that, don't talk about a man or woman of God. God doesn't like it. Uh... It's not okay. It's not good. Let me show you another scripture. 1 Corinthians 4, 3 through 5. Look what Paul says. This was really interesting. I just read this the other day, and I've read it a hundred times, but I really just got some insight into what he was saying. 
He said, as for me, it matters very little how I might be evaluated by you or by human authority. Paul said, I don't care what you think about me. He said, you know why? Because chances are you're wrong about some things. Chances are, you know, you, I'm not going to, I am not going to be upset by what you think about me because you, you, your opinion may not even be right. He says, I don't even trust my own judgment on this point, but my conscience is clear. But that doesn't prove I'm right. He says, it is the Lord himself who will examine me and decide. So don't look at this. Don't make judgments about anyone ahead of time before the Lord returns. For he will bring out dark secrets to light and reveal our private motives. Then God will give to each one whatever praise is due. Guys, people can get into theology. Oh, I believe this over here. I believe that over there. And then I know certain ministers that like make it their ministry to go on and do broadcasts just like this and tear down other ministers. Paul says, okay, you spend your whole life doing that. What if you stand before Jesus and you were wrong? You were wrong. What then? Man, you just placed your... You just, and Jesus literally said, if you're not working with me, you're working against me. What if this whole time you spend your life having all these opinions because you have this rebellious spirit and you don't know how to shut your mouth and you just run your mouth about every single buddy and their dog and then you're actually working against a servant of the Lord and you stand before Jesus and he says, you never even worked with me. You are actually working against me. That's a scary place to be. That's a scary place to be. I want you to hear this last thing that I say. Honor your leaders. Well, I think this. I think we should do this. I think they should have done that differently. Okay, maybe you're not wrong. Maybe sometimes leaders who are humans that are trying, you know, that are still growing and evolving and becoming transformed into the image of Christ said something, did something that they look back and say, man, I wish I could have maybe done this or that a little bit differently. But hear me, that is their mistake to make. And their mistake to be accountable to. Every person will give an account to God. Every person will give an account to God. Learn to be loyal. Learn to know where you're called. Learn to be a servant. And don't walk around critical. Don't walk around causing divisions and gossiping and doing all of those things. Be loyal and understand that if your leader does make a mistake... I'm not saying don't hold people accountable and that leaders shouldn't be held accountable. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is it's their mistake to make. Jesus said what, to Peter, what you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. What you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Well, if Peter loosed certain things that he shouldn't have loosed and he didn't bind certain things that he should have bound, well, you know what? It's your place to honor the Lord. It's your place to be faithful to God. It's your place to have love and to honor the man and woman of God that God has set in place. And it's their place to make a mistake, and they're going to be accountable for it. Amen. Never jump to conclusions, the Bible says. I would hate to jump to a conclusion and just run my mouth about somebody my whole life and then go to heaven and find out that I was wrong and I was fighting against God the whole time. That would be horrible. 
Y'all, I love you. I hope this helps you. The five characteristics of a leader. I hope this blessed you. I hope this helped you. This was not, I told you when I started, this was not going to be like up to your eyeballs, deep theology. Man, we're just in deep waters here. This is very, very basic stuff, practical stuff that I look at as somebody that would promote or hire or fire or, you know, somebody. And so I hope it helps you. I hope it helps you. It's stuff that I've learned over the last few years. Some things imparted to me. Some things I had to learn the hard way. Uh, make mistakes and like look back and say, oh my gosh, why did I do that, Lord? Thank you so much for your grace and your mercy. Thank you, Lord, that you didn't just strike me dead and send me to hell when I made some of these mistakes. So don't hear this in condemnation. I'm telling you, I'm not condemning you. I'm telling you be what the, what the Bible says is a wise person who learns from instruction, not destruction. You don't have to burn your hand to learn not to touch the stove. You can listen to somebody that's been there and done that and receive instruction and it will preserve your life. It will keep you on a straight path. Amen. Father, thank you for my friends. Bless them, Lord. Bless them, Lord. Give them revelation. I pray that in 2021, people find their calling, people find where they're called, and they plug in, and they get promoted, and they flourish in the place that you've called them to. I thank you so much, Father, for opening doors that no man can open, for shutting things that no man can shut, for for making a way that all who are seeking, all who knock, the door will be open to them in Jesus' name. Thank you for kingdom builders. Thank you for kingdom advancers. Thank you for strong, powerful churches and communities all across the United States. I give you glory. We worship you, King Jesus. We love you. We give you our praise and all of our honor. In Jesus' mighty name, can you say amen? Y'all, thank you so much for for watching this. I'm going to give you an opportunity. If you would like to partner with our ministry and and help us and give, I'm going to put the ways that you can do that below on the screen. We just worked on our website and made it super easy. We have text to giving now. I'm going to have that number up as well. The way you can text to give, it's going to be in the comments if you would like to give to this ministry. Two things I want to say. Number one, if you give, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I thank God for you. Whenever you give, I rejoice. I give the Lord thanks. I see it come up in our, in our church account, and I say, Lord, bless that person, that they would help us push the gospel forward, that they would care about what we're doing and stand with us. So number one, I want to say thank you. Number two, I'm going to tell you, if you will believe it and you can receive it, God will bless you through your giving. God will bless you through the vessel of your giving. Jesus said, give and it shall be given to you. But not only what you give, he said, press down, shaken together to make room for more, overflowing, poured into your lap, shall he cause men to give liberally unto you. As what you make happen for others, God will make happen for you. Amen. Just like God raises you up to give to a man in his ministry, God's going to raise another man up to give to you. I've seen it happen. I declare it. It's the word of the Lord. Just believe it and receive it. Say, I receive that, Lord, in Jesus' name. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you for my friends. Thank you, Father, for, for people that give joyfully, that give from a heart of thanksgiving. 
They give because they love you, giving from a place of love. They love the gospel. They love you, Lord. They want to see churches planted. They want to see people reached. They want to see the kingdom explode and advance. And, and that, Father, that's what they're passionate about. They love you. They love you. They love you. And they give from a place of love, Lord. I thank you that every person that gives and gives cheerfully, you said you would provide seed for them to sow and bread for them to eat. So I declare that their needs shall be met. They shall have bread to eat. But not only shall their needs be met, you will actually give them more than what they need. And they will have an abundance and they will have an excess so that they can help finance the kingdom of heaven on the earth. Father, thank you for my friends receiving that by faith right now in Jesus' mighty name. Y'all, I love you so much. God bless you. Thank you so much for tuning in with me as I shared the word of God. If you would like to become more than just a casual listener and want to give to our ministry, you can do so in the following ways. For credit or debit, go to www.nbchuntington.org donate. For PayPal, you can send it to NBC Huntington. For Cash App, use dollar sign capital NBCHTX20. Thank you so much. I pray God blesses you abundantly. Until next time, this is John Wallace.